Welcome to The Schmidt Show on News Radio 1310 KNOX AM and 107.9 FM. Add your voice to the conversation. Call now at 775-5559 or send an email to live at knoxradio.com. Now, here he is, your host, Brad Schmidt. Good afternoon. It's News Radio 1310, KNOX AM 107.9, KNOX FM. As the smooth voice lady said, I am, in fact, your host, Brad Schmidt. In the studio with me is Steve Drees, a good friend of mine who uh, has uh, been, has lived in a pretty interesting life, to say the least. Um, and we, um, I, I invited him to be a part of the show just to kind of just talk about all of it and wherever we go and even if you want to talk about technology stuff, because Steve's a software developer. Um, and if you do want to call in, we do have a caller here. If you do want to call in and, and ask questions or text in, you can certainly do that. I know when I do interviews, people have a tendency to just listen and not really interact much, but it's not that I don't want you to. It just it seems to be the way you all do it. So let's take a phone call, I guess, to start off hour number two. You're on the Schmidt Show. What's on your mind? Hi, Brian. I was hey. wondering if I could... Uh share a, uh, an adoption story with you guys. Sure, absolutely. Okay. Um, I was three years old when I was adopted. Um, I didn't have very many memories of my life before that, just kind of, you know, little visions here and there. Um, my parents later adopted a biological brother and sister when I was eight years old. Okay. Um, when I was 10, my aunt was getting married and I was asked to be the ring bearer in her wedding. And later her and her new husband had a, uh, had a son. And then when I was about 13 years old, we were at my grandmother's house and, and Nancy asked me if I'd come and sit on the front porch with her for a little bit. And this was nothing uncommon because I would spend summers with Aunt Nancy and Frank and, right. and, uh, you know, so, I mean, no big deal. And uh, she sat down and proceeded to tell me that she was my mother. Oh, wow. She was my biological mother. Right. And I remember just being filled with complete anger at that point. Really? I was mad. Yeah, I was mad because, um, you know, how could you, you know, dump me off to somebody else when you've always had a really good life, I thought. Yeah. You know? I mean, I remember spending time with her and. You know, her and her, her new husband, which is now Papa Frank. Um, and I remained mad about that for a good six months or better. And then it just kind of started to settle in with me that, you know, you're you're actually more blessed than anything else. Right. Because you were adopted into your exact same family. So my aunt adopted me. Her sister is the one that adopted me. That's and it. so my, my grandmother was my grandmother and my grandfather was my grandfather and all that. And it just became to me, it clear to me that I was being very pigheaded about it. And I was, you know, very blessed because yeah. there's not a lot of adopted kids that have that opportunity to be adopted into their own family. Yeah. And it, then it's and not, actually know about it. It's not that surprising that a 13 year old boy would be a little pigheaded about something, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's turned out to be a you know an outstanding relationship. Um, she's no longer Aunt Nancy. I, I call her Mama Nancy. Yeah. 
And mom is still mom. She's will always remain my mother. Yeah. You know, I mean, she's the one that raised me. Um, but it was interesting that, you know, after they had a son, now I actually had a biological sibling. Who was a cousin. And that was, yeah. I yeah. thought it was a cousin. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so it just, you know, it, it turned out to be a really, really um, blessing yeah. in disguise. Um, once again, you know, I was just, I was just so full of anger. I, I can still remember being so full of anger Yeah. when I found this out to begin with. But, well, you know, I mean, I have an outstanding relationship with her and, and Papa Frank now. And, yeah. uh, you know, me and my half-brother, we we're, you know, have a great relationship. And um, it's just been a, it's been a true blessing. So well, it's good I might share that with you. It's, I appreciate that. Story. I appreciate that. And, and, sure. and, and uh, thank you for sharing that because sometimes those stories – can be a little bit tough to share, right? I mean, from time to time, when you're, when when you think about the the, and, and I don't know what I guess I wouldn't say shame, but just the the confusion. I always kind of joke that that my family, we could be kind of an episode of Jerry Springer if I really, you know, when I tell the story to people about how my upbringing and my stepdad and my biological dad and the relationship that my parents had with their family before we ever became a, a blended family and all that kind of stuff. It sounds really weird. It's like hard to like, it's hard to explain to people that my dad is only nine years older than my brother and only 13 ish years older than me. It's just weird. Like it doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but having lived through it, it's like, eh, it's just the way it was, you know? And, and it was a good thing. It was, I mean, it wasn't some sort of weird, you know, but if you, if you're not, have you haven't lived through it, it just kind of feels Awkward, you know. So, Steve, did you ever, um, when you when you first started this kind of adventure, trying to find the family, did you ever struggle with that? Like he said, where you were angry about any of this? No, no, I, I, I didn't ever. I, I assumed, as far back as I can remember, that my biological mother made the decision because she wanted what was best for me. Okay. That was my mindset right. going. That was in. just the way you expected, yeah, or the way you uh, right. viewed it. So I, I didn't view it as she didn't want me, right? She didn't love me, you know. And so, the, some of that maybe simply because your adoptive parents never portrayed it that way, maybe. Well, and because my adoption was always celebrated, right? So the, I, I was never looking for that. Uh, parental acceptance elsewhere right right i was getting it right so if so so let's uh let's kind of jump ahead you're adopted you grew up you got married had all of that kind of thing a couple of years ago you get this uh was, was it 23 and me or or yep, 23 and well i actually did both you 23, did both 23 and, and ancestry. ancestry um but one of them was a was a father's day gift from your kids and, 23 and me and you through that found out about some local kind of connections in your DNA, correct? Or how did that play out? One of the first days that I I got results back from 23andMe, I had reached out to like a fourth cousin, they said. Right. Thomas Ellingson. Okay. And I told him, you know, I was adopted uh, shortly after birth. I know nothing about my family history. We show up as related any information you can give me that be would great. be awesome and he took one look at my results and he said um yeah your 
great grandfather was Martin Seaver Stenjum. Stenjum, which for anybody in North Dakota recognizes that name. Well, yeah, I thought yeah. well, that'd be awesome if I was distantly related to the Attorney General. Right. Yeah. Well, so I, you know, within minutes, I know that I'm related to. So I start. Who's Martin Seaver Stenjum? Right. Well, I start digging through, and well, I wouldn't be distantly related to. <laughs> much closerly, most much, much, much more closely closer. related than you thought. Yeah, M- Martin yeah. Seaver was uh, was is uh, the Attorney General's grandfather. Right. So, so, um, you were thinking Wayne Stenjum would have been possibly your dad. Mm, no, not quite old enough. Wayne would have been too young. Okay. I okay. I, I never thought he would. Okay, would have been my dad. I, I did think his sister could have been my mother. Oh, okay. Oh, for a long time. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I had kept that that non-identifying family history record in my head, as I had a twenty-year-old mom and a twenty-year-old oh, right. father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had misremembered that. I had a twenty-year-old mother and a twenty-two-year-old father. Ah. Um. So, uh, because of that, I was looking for the wrong age. Right. And so for a long time, I thought, uh, Wayne's sister, Susan was my mom, but I was wrong. Right. Um, so did you ever ask her and just say, Hey, did you reach out to her and say, Hey, I think you might be my mom. Well, I was a little depressed because Susan had passed away before I found out. So I couldn't ask her. I see. I actually asked Wayne's, one of Wayne's brothers if he thought. She could be. She could be. She could have had a yeah. kid that she put. And they were like, yeah, there's no way. Not oh, her. Okay. There's yeah. no way that would have. And they were right. It yeah. Was, <laughs> there was it wasn't no way. her, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so it took a long time. Uh, a cousin on the other side of the family actually made the connection to my mother. Okay. Which, um, go ahead. So I, it was um, August 4th, 2018. When I called her for the first time. Right. August 5th is the anniversary of Carrie's death. Oh, wow. So the day before that anniversary, I talked to my mom for the first time. And it was remarkable and amazing. Yeah. And um, everything you kind of had hoped it would be kind of deal. Yeah. 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 The Hallmark reunion story. Yeah. Not to to make light of it, but it. It, it was. It was really good. And it was nice for me to have this positive thing around a time that is usually a negative. Right. Yeah. That that have it would and I think that would probably have a tendency to to send anyone into not necessarily a spiral, but I mean it, it certainly would, would discuss um some some or, or bring up some negative emotions for sure. So you find out who your mom is um, and still don't know who your dad is, correct? I have a pretty good idea at this but, point. Okay, so you're starting to kind of make some connections as to who that would be. Um, and uh, I go out to meet her right. in Wyoming. She, I was going to say, she lived in Wyoming, right? And, and I asked her point blank who my father was. Yeah. She tells me. Right. And then I drive back from Wyoming after this this visit with her, and I'm I'm weighing in my head what I'm going to do. Do uh, I do I call him? Uh, because she tells me I don't think he ever knew. Oh, right. 
So, so, so I'm like, well, do I just throw this family into turmoil? Right. I show up and say, hey, dad, how's it going? Right. Yeah. How do you, how do you start that conversation? And there, the answer is there's no good way to start that conversation. Let's, let's back up to your mom real quick. Cause you mentioned the, you know, kind of the hallmark type reunion. Did you, did you ever have the discussion with her? Cause I know you and I've had this discussion, um, privately about your views on abortion because of all of this, that she could have easily aborted you. And, and the, it was and, North Dakota in 1968. The answer is no, she couldn't have easily. Aborted oh yeah, me. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she wouldn't have, she wouldn't I don't have, think. Right. Yeah. Um, so I yes, mean, it, it's, it's hard to s- state emphatically that right. she wouldn't have like, but has the but has that experience colored your views on abortion, or has your faith done more to do that? The adoption colored my views on abortion way before meeting her. Meeting her, okay, okay. Um, it it always felt like it would be disingenuous to be in favor of abortion, being someone who could have had one and didn't. I see. Yeah, like. It's only living people who say, "Yeah, I'm in favor of abortion." <laughs> yeah, right. it was wasn't it Ronald Reagan that said the funny the only people in favor of abortion are people who weren't aborted. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so anyway, so let's come back then. You're jumping way back ahead, and you're you're trying to weigh the 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 consequences and situations that could uh, lead to you introducing yourself to your biological father. And so the it was still the 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 underlying drive was to get medical history. Oh, okay. So I decided to call him. I called him up and I said, my name's Steve Dries and I think I'm your son. You don't start a lot of conversations. Uh, Yeah. He laughed. He laughed loudly. Right. And it sounded like me. Ah, freaked me out. Oh yeah. I can imagine. Um, and he said, I'm 72. (laughs) <laughs> and I said, I'm 50. And he said, oh. Oh. Suddenly the math worked a lot. <laughs> he said that he was interested in maybe getting to know me. Like, maybe this is possible. I don't know. I'm going to get a ancestry DNA test. If we show up as a match, I'd like to meet you. Right. The next day he called me back and he said, this is going to take too long for them to send me a test and then get the results. Can we meet this weekend? Oh, wow. I said, sure. Yeah. So I drove down to his place in Fargo. Um, I had all of my supporting documentation, printouts of family yeah. trees I'd drawn. Like <laughs> I was going to present my case like a, an attorney. Right. And I was going to prove that I was his son. Yeah. We sat down at the table and he handed me his family tree with my name written in it. Oh, wow. So, so he had already, already, already accepted it. You didn't even need to make the argument. I didn't have to make an argument yeah. at all. And this is... this is So that is Steve Stengem. Steve Stengem. Steven Stengem. Now, you're Steve Drees. Is there... Was that intentional? It couldn't have been because your mom and dad knew nothing of who my father was. Right. Didn't have a clue. But my mom took one look at me and said, that's a Steven, and that's how I got the name. That's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. So, okay, so Steve Stengem is the brother of Wayne Stengem. Yes. You find out is your dad. 
um, and seemingly a positive meeting. Very positive. Yeah. Um, In that first meeting, he says, I have a daughter, and she was wondering if you would like to meet her. Now, way back when Twitter first became a thing, right? I followed everybody in North Dakota who was on Twitter. Oh, okay. Right. Because there was yeah, like nine there was of like, us. Yeah, <laughs> there just weren't that many. But I had numerous conversations with a gal named Kari. Right. Who, it turns out, is my sister, Kari. Oh, wow. So for nine years, we were friends on Twitter and didn't have didn't a clue realize, that yeah. we were related. Wow. That's another but some of that i i suppose is just simply related to the fact that north dakota is just not that big right i mean right. that's part of it but still a very very interesting connection so you've been you've been kind of chasing this this mystery or or puzzle or whatever you finally kind of put all the pieces together and here you are now a couple of years past it or what what about a year and a half or so i suppose past it where I mean, where are you at now? I have a really large family. Um, I I get asked very often. People will say, "So how's your mom doing?" And I'll go, "Um, <laughs> well, the answer's fine." Yeah, but which one? Which one? Which mom are you talking about? I mean, I I have five moms. I have. Wait, what? I have my mother-in-law, Carol. Oh, okay. Right. My biological mother, Carol. What? Everybody just used all the same names or what? (laughs) I have my adoptive mother, Myrna. Right. I have Stephen's wife, Kim. Okay. Who is my mom as well. And I have Carol's spouse. Ah. Val, which is that's an interesting story there as well. But so, it's it's just a uh, an interesting yeah. Like, how's your mom? Kind doing? of Jerry Springerish. I, I am involved with all of my families at this point, right? And, it, and it's wonderful. It has been amazing. And that was kind of, and the, it wasn't what I expected going in. Right. And that was kind of the, I guess, the next question I was going to ask. And, and for those that may be just tuning in, um, just to, to reiterate, uh, my, my, um, my guest is Steve Drees. Um, he is the husband of former KNOX host and kick host, Kerry Drees. Um, and he'd been a, a friend of mine for years. And, and we're just doing kind of a different approach to a, a long form interview on the show. So Steve's going to be with me the whole show. Um, and you've just got a cool story about your life and we're, we're talking about your adoption and all that kind of stuff. And the, so th- I'm assuming this had to be, cause I, I'm a guy, I was this to, you know, let pull the curtain back a little bit. I'm a pretty emotional kind of guy. I get, I get emotional about a lot of stuff. And last night I was having a discussion with my, my son and my wife about the, the American spirit and, and like you know, how great it is to be an American. And I got a little weepy. I get a little choked up about that kind of stuff. And, and I know you're a, a somewhat of an emotional person as well. That had to be a pretty emotional experience. Did it not? I mean, I, I can't imagine it wouldn't be. I, I don't know how to quantify the, the emotions that I went through. Mm. It was, um, it was 
talking with both my father and my mother, it it's like having a conversation with a long lost friend that you'd never met before. Ah, uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I, there's a 50 year gap in our history, but it feels like I've known them my whole life. Yeah. Um, you didn't feel like you were an outsider. You didn't feel like you didn't belong or any of that. No. Uh, now is that is that more? Is it more about them being welcoming to you, or or was it just? Did you just feel like it fit? That's a really good question, that I haven't thought of okay. until just now. Yeah. Um, probably a little of both. A little of both. Uh, they they are tremendously welcoming. Yeah. But there are personality traits that that I recognize, mm. like oh, that's where it came. It what do you What do you think uh, Steve Stengem did for a living? I'm guessing he was a software guy. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it seems like I remember you mentioning that to me once before. But yeah, I, I figured there had to be some sort of of coincidence. Well, of course there. he yeah. would like. And, yeah, but. Hearing him talk about that stuff, I go, oh well, of course. Yeah. Like I, now it makes sense why that why you has had a always desire to move into that. Always been something that I was drawn to. Right. Yeah. So we um we've we've kind of jumped on a and and jumped back and forth on the timeline of all of this. So, um for so for those that may have missed a little bit, you were adopted way back in 1968, uh, raised and grew up in in. Thompson, Thompson North, North Dakota, Dakota, right here. Spent most of your life between here and in Minnesota. Did a little stint in Hibbing for a while, and back and forth. And um, you find out literally just a year and a half, two years ago, that you've got an entire extra family now that you get to be a part of, and and you've you've gone through all of these. I can't imagine the range of emotions from you know from all of this. To someone who, because I've got a, a good friend who recently adopted his daughter within the last few years, it was a, a stepdaughter kind of thing, so it wasn't quite the same situation as yours. But um, it it is there's something about the experience of adoption. Have you ever thought about getting involved in maybe adopting someone else, or or I mean, you're you probably at 52 years old don't want to be adopting a a baby, but I mean. Mm-hmm. 52 years old and single. Right. <laughs> yeah. Is that, I mean, is that something you ever considered about? Or, I mean, do you, do you want to donate to adoption causes or, or what, what is that? How is that experience? Oh, as I ask that question, the music means we got to go to the news. So we'll, uh, we'll answer that question when we come back. Pat Sweeney in the KNOX newsroom is next. My guest, Steve Drees. And uh, we're talking about all kinds of stuff. It'll be, uh, It'll be a lot of fun. Stick around. <laughs> Good afternoon. It's News Radio 1310, KNOX AM 1079, KNOX FM. My guest with me in the studio today for the entire show is uh, Steve Dees. It's Free Speech Friday. Um, and so once a month, I'm going to try and do one of these kind of long-form interviews where we uh, we just kind of rap about whatever we decide to talk about. Uh, we've spent uh, some significant time talking about uh, Steve's life story as it relates to his adoption and and tracking down through DNA, uh, his family ancestry turns out he's 
uh, a nephew to Attorney General Wayne Stengem and the son of Wayne's brother, Stephen. Um, all kinds of weird coincidences with that. Your name is Stephen. His wife's name is Carol. No. My biological mother's name is, is Carol. Carol. Okay. And my mother-in-law. Mother-in-law is Carol. Is Carol. Right. And Tanisha's all confused. Right. She's, <laughs> she's married to a Stephen. Right. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> she gets two names in her life, two or yeah, three names, yeah, and that's it. That's all she gets to she gets to have. So, um, and you've been a friend of mine for several years, and as I mentioned a few times, and we'll get into this as we uh, continue the discussion. Um, you are the husband of former KNOX host and and K, uh, Kick ninety seven Kick host Carrie Drees, um, and let's let's kind of let's jump out of the adoption for a minute. Um, because one of the things that we are going to talk about it, if, it throughout the show is, is your wife was lost in a in a tragic, really not an accident like you think a car accident, but a, a tragic set of circumstances. Um, she passed away. It's been what six years now? Seven years? Six. Six years. Um, and so, I've had people call into the show and just say, "Hey, I lost my wife," and and I think it was you know, 20 years ago. And I still feel like every day uh, I want her back. Um, and so that's a, 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 an important discussion I think to have as well. Maybe you can shed some insight into that. Um, but before we get into that, I want to come back to, I've been a pretty outspoken um, pro-choice advocate and a, a pretty significant anti-abortion voice. Um but I've not really had a whole lot of personal experience with it other than um, when my daughter, when my wife was pregnant with my daughter, that was one of the questions that was asked of her is, well, do you want an abortion? And it was really never much of a question for us. So talk a little bit about your view on it and how adoption has kind of colored that for you. One of the, the big pro-choice arguments is that this child would be better off if they were aborted. And that has always felt like a throat punch to me. Mm. Like I, I can't imagine saying that the world would be better off without me. Mm. Like I, I look at, at just, and that's not a pride or I'm better no, no, than I, it. Yeah. I, I just look at the, the, the immediate impact you know, uh, Savannah wouldn't exist. Tanisha would wouldn't have had ten years of of upbringing that I brought to her. Right. You know, uh, those simple things. Yeah. That would have affected the world. Right. Immensely. Yeah. So, and it, it's not a pride thing. It's just like it. It is. It is very prideful for somebody else to say the world would be better without that yeah. person. Now you're not a you're not a you're probably not as overtly political about a lot of things as I am. I mean I know you have uh a lot of of opinions and thoughts on some of this stuff. Um your your view and or approach is sometimes uh, a little bit more measured <laughs> than what mine is. And like I said for on, on a and I say that in a in a positive way because you've kind of uh been a sounding board for me over the years as well in in some of this stuff. Is it a is it a political discussion for you? Is it or is it just purely the emotional or or the the personal connection to it? 
for me, the personal outweighs any political. Okay. So it, it's a personal connection. Yeah. Like, but it goes beyond that personal connection. Like, yeah. I know it's true for me that the world is better because I exist. Right. And I don't think I'm special. Mm. Yeah. Like, we have no way of understanding what the world would be like right. if the millions of people who have been murdered. Right. Yeah, literally millions. Yeah. O- over the years yeah. in the name of convenience. Yeah. Weren't. Yeah. We, we, we can't fathom. Going yeah. back to the, you know, there are so many causes to, the, to us being here today the way yeah. it is. Like, we can't. Get our head around that. One of the things that I struggle to to explain to people or struggle to get across to people, too, is that it's not a judgmental thing. Um, you know, because I've been accused, well, what do you hate women that have had abortions and things like that? And for me, that's not it. But have you ever found a way to 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 make that distinction? Because I've not been good at at coming up with a way to illustrate or, or prove that it's not a judgmental thing against people who have had abortions? That's an interesting question. Because, I mean, I'm just trying to be honest, because I've just not, it, as much I, as I would like to say that I never am judgmental, sometimes I am. So I, And sometimes even when it's unintentional. I don't mean to be, but I just come across that way. I haven't thought about this specifically, yeah, and certainly not specifically about abortion, but um, being judgmental or being perceived as being judgmental has been something that I've thought about. You know, years of youth ministry, that right. sort of stuff. You you have to be concerned about that sort of thing, and I learned that if you treat people like people, that even if you say something stupid. Mm. they will accept you for it. Right. Which is a good thing because yeah. frequently I say something stupid. <laughs> yeah. So it, I, I try to t- treat people like people. And that means um, like somebody who got an abortion, I, I don't judge them. Right. I want to help them. Right. Y- you made a, a statement to me, it's been years ago now, about abortion and and I've repeated it quite often because I think it's such a great statement. You you said, if I remember it exactly, it was you said that abortion there's abortion always has two victims, one dead and one wounded. Yes. Um, and c- explain that a little bit. Tell me. Well, so I mean, um, I think it's fairly obvious, but the the mother is left with pain, mm-hmm. emotional pain, spiritual pain. Right. Um. And that's going to take a long time to heal, yeah. if it heals at all. Right. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's it it's the it's the underlying things that that, and and a lot of that pain is there before the abortion happens. Actually, right? takes place right because you have to be in a world of hurt to make that decision. Right. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to say it. Uh, 701-775-5559 is the phone number. Live at KenOXRadio.com is the email if you want to join the conversation uh, in, in any of these. And I I oftentimes when I'm doing interviews, I forget to 
you know, encourage you to call in or text in. So if you if you have any questions or or thoughts on any of this, uh, feel free. Ed, one text message does say, um, "This is awesome. I love all the crazy coincidences." Um, uh, so, an interesting, and I'm not sure what the um, what the um, implication is in this, but it says everyone forgets the father. Uh, I, I think I'm assuming that's in in connection to the issue of abortion. That that well, the, I think they're talking about adoption because I that I, could be too. Yeah. Well, but you know. That that applies in both cases, though. Yeah, and it's um, it's true. Yeah, that yeah. People forget the father. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We have another phone call. Let's do that. You're on the Schmidt Show. What's on your mind? Hey, Brad. Uh, my uh, older brother and sister were eight years older than me, and when I was a, you know, when I was about ten years old, you know, they were about eighteen or whatever, and they were always telling me that I was adopted because they had like brownish hair and I had red hair, you mm. know, like the redheaded stepchild and everything <laughs> else. And, and they kept telling me I was adopted. So I was going to get to the bottom of it. So I went to my dad and I said, Hey dad, uh, you know, um, brother and sister, you know, keep telling me I'm adopted. And he sat me down and he said, son, he says, um, you weren't adopted, but I wish that your mother and I had put you up for adoption. Whoa! I, uh, uh, no, I, I'm just kidding, Brad. I'm just wow. <laughs> holy cow! I was like, <laughs> wow, that's. <laughs> could, could you audibly hear my yeah, jaw drop? <laughs> you should have seen the look on Steve's face when you. <laughs> I was like, whoa! So uh, I'm, 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 I'm sorry about that, man. I was just. That was that was low hanging fruit. Sorry about that. <laughs> Had to lighten right. lighten right. things up a little bit. <laughs> Appreciate the call, man. Have a good one. Uh, 701-775-5559 is the number. Live at KenwexRadio.com is the email if you want to join the conversation. Uh, on that note, Steve, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll continue the discussion. My name is Brad Schmidt, of course. This is the Schmidt Show. In the studio with me is a gentleman by the name of Steve Steve Drees. He is, uh, like I said, a friend of mine for several years. Uh, and uh, just a all-around good dude with a with a cool kind of life story that we're uh, we're chatting about. So we'll continue the discussion in just a few moments. It's News Radio thirteen ten KNOX AM one zero seven nine KNOX FM. News Radio 1310, KNOX AM 1079, KNOX FM. I'm your host, Brad Schmidt. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. 701-775-5559 is his phone number. Live at KNOXradio.com is the email. Texter says, I was waiting for the caller to say his dad said he wasn't adopted, but that his older sister and brother were. <laughs> that would have been almost as, as comical. So uh, my guest is uh, Steve Drees. Uh, Steve has been uh, a friend of mine for several years um, it been somewhat of a sounding board to me over the years as I've, I've kind of muddled my way through this whole talk radio thing. Um, uh, holds me in check sometimes when, when I need a, a guy to tell me to quit being an idiot. Um, but you've also been a pretty, um, uh, a pretty strong supporter of mine over the years, uh, as well. You've been a, a somewhat of a cheerleader for me. So I appreciate that as well. Um, I'm in radio because of your wife. Um, I, I learned a little bit about it from her, and and uh, and when she passed away, I thought, man, I need to 
I need to pursue this a little bit more. And, and it wasn't one of those in, and I'm curious, this is something we'll get into maybe in the next hour, but it wasn't one of those, Oh, Carrie would have wanted me to do this. Cause I'm not sure that that's necessarily true, but she was kind of the person that first introduced me to doing radio. And so I thought, what a what a cool way to um, honor a friendship um, is to maybe pursue it and see what what uh, possibilities are out there. That part of your life, um, I'm certain, had to be filled with a lot of turmoil. Um, I remember exactly where I was when I got a phone call. Um, I'm assuming you obviously remember <laughs> that as well. Um, I, was, I was watching a rerun of Boy Meets World in the all true waiting room. Waiting room. And uh, I, I actually got a call from, actually, for those that have listened to KNOX, Haley Oz uh, filled in a couple of times here and, and helped out a little bit. And uh, she was on, Can- or on, on QFM with Carrie for a while as well. Uh, Haley was the one that called me. I was in the truck. I was driving to Devil's Lake, uh, just, just, I guess, uh, what would be west of uh, Lakota, North Dakota. And so... Um, when we we're going to run out of time in this segment, but in the next hour, I want to kind of jump into that because uh, a lot of folks, I, I promise you, a lot of folks that are listening remember Carrie when she was on KNOX, when she was on Kick, and and so that connection is is an interesting one. Um, and I know I've had listeners ask about that very thing, you know, like how do you deal with something like that? So we'll get into that, but I want to kind of wrap up this story of all of the discussion of adoption and the DNA stuff, would you recommend it to someone who's maybe questioning or wondering, you know, cause you were, you were near 50 years old when you first started going down that path. It wasn't like something you had, you know, it wasn't a, you know, a petulant teenager or anything like that. Would you recommend following that same path or for someone else to, to take that path? I would stress that you have to be prepared for disappointment. Mm. Oh yeah, I suppose. I guess I would have never like because like your story my, is really quite. My positive, story is but, awesome, right? right? But not everybody has that result, right? Yeah, and so don't go into it expecting that. Expecting the Hallmark movie reunion, right? Yeah. Um, it it could be that um, the reason you were given up for adoption is a really painful memory for somebody, right? And you showing back up in their life is going to bring out the worst in them. Yeah. Oh right? yeah. And and that's likely, right? That's probably more likely than than right. the other. Yeah. Did you ever have that concern? Were you worried about that 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 they would yes. want to see you? Yes, I yeah. I spent a long time debating whether I contact them. Once I had an I a real strong idea of who they were, do I? Yeah. Do I reach out? What was the what was the advice? Because it was your kids that gave you the DNA test for Father's Day. What what were their what was their advice? I mean, were they <clears> they were just excited? You, just okay. So you they know. weren't like pushing you. Yeah, no, you got to no. find out. You got to find out or anything like that. No, they, but they were, and and at that point when I first got DNA results, like I said, it became a puzzle, and mm. solving a puzzle is like especially for a computer for programmer, right? Right, because that's. I mean, when you're it, writing code was, and you're doing all that it stuff, was it's research a puzzle. and creating trees and and making assumptions and digging into newspaper articles and yeah so that did was you, did you um did you did you get out the excel spreadsheets and all of that kind of stuff or are you more a pencil paper kind of guy pencil paper actually really yeah see i put everything in a spreadsheet 
I do my budget in a spreadsheet. I yeah, spreadsheets and if it's not in a document somewhere on my computer, but family it trees exist. work so much better on paper because it's easier to expand. Oh, uh, yeah, fair Cause, enough. Because yep. you you start down a tree and then you're like, oh, that guy had a brother. <laughs> right. Yeah. Gotcha. I did the Ancestry.com thing, and I've chased that around, and I've talked a little bit about that. I thought I was as German as they came. Like, I didn't think there was anything other than German in me. Turns out I've got very little German at all, and I'm mostly uh, French, English, Irish, and maybe German. We don't really know. <laughs> so, Well, there's, there's a, a chunk of that that's just hard to nail down, right? Yeah. Like, you, you could have grown up in an area that's France and Germany. Oh, yeah, that's like, true. Depending yep. on the year. Yep, yeah. <laughs> It's a good point. There's a lot of changes in Europe over the last several thousand years. Yeah. So have you? So did you find anything out about that that surprised you? I mean, that's somewhat unrelated to the story, but did you find I, out that you were I, actually Norwegian or actually something else? I knew going in that I was Scandinavian, and I know going out that I'm, I'm Scandinavian. Mostly Scandinavian. Yeah. Now, did you get like the percentage, right? Like you found out you were one 1,024th Native American or anything? I, I'm Elizabeth Warren percentage Native American. <laughs> I heard. Uh, I heard she uh, she bought a white Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> Her new car. <laughs> I, I should throw something. At you. <laughs> you probably should. Uh, with that, we are pretty much out of time for hour number two. When we come back, we'll uh, we'll jump into. Uh, I suppose Steve, maybe a little bit painful, and and I, I hope that um, it it's uh, not. Uh, not hard on you. That's not my intention with any of this, but uh, we'll uh, we'll jump into some of that and your your story about your wife and maybe what people that are listening to Cano X can relate to a little more closely. So, the Schmidt Show continues next. It's News Radio thirteen ten Cano X AM one zero seven nine.